0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. And so uh, Joshua chapter 6, just to set this up for you a little bit. Uh, you may not understand what's going on. This is the children of Israel, and uh, they have been wandering in a desert for about 40 years. And so they were enslaved in Egypt, and then God delivered them from Egypt using a man named Moses. And Moses led them, but because of their sin, because of their actions, uh, what should have been a couple weeks' journey, what should have taken them just a couple of weeks, ended up taking them over 40 years. How many of you feel like that in life sometimes? Something that should have just taken a few steps. It should have been easy, but it ended up taking them 40 years and so what happens is as god finally says okay you're going to go into your promised land and moses actually dies in the wilderness and transfers the leadership to a young man named joshua and uh, Joshua is not really that young. I had this guy come up to me and correct me one time because I was like, "Oh, he's this young person. Uh, he's about forty years old." But how many of you know in the Bible? Forty years old is young. They're talking about these people being eight hundred years old and Methuselah and all this. Like forty years old, you barely out of middle school. You know what I'm saying? So Joshua, he's about forty years old, and he takes over, and they're about to go into their promised land. But there's a there's a few issues, and so I want to I want to kind of address that today. So let's read in Joshua chapter six, starting in verse one says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Somebody say they were scared. Come on, it was a stronghold. If any of you see maybe an old movie, Braveheart or something like that, where if an enemy force was coming in, they would just lock up the castle. They're like, we're just going to wait it out. We've got food in here. We've got shelter in here. We're just going to wait it out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor you shall march around the city all you men of war and you shall go around the city once this you shall do six days and seven priests shall bear trumpets, seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall blow the trumpet so one every day for six days and then on the seventh day seven days i know some of you know this story well It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and then the wall of the city will fall down flat. Somebody said it will fall down flat. Well, hey, what I want to speak to you just for a few moments, and if you're taking notes, I hope you are, because uh, we know note-takers are history makers. And so uh, I hope you're taking notes this morning. I want to speak to you just from this idea, the battle for breakthrough. Somebody say the battle for breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say breakthrough. Look at your second neighbor and say breakthrough. Come on, let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for what you have already done in this service, God. We thank you that you are here, that your word says where two or three are gathered together, you are here in the midst of us. So we thank you for what you're gonna do in this place. We give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give one more hand clap in this moment. In Jesus' name. Can we give a hand clap for the band's? You guys do so incredible. Man, awesome. Well, hey, I want to speak to you today because this is what I feel like. I feel like there are some people in this place and maybe even some people that you know that you are up against an obstacle that seems immovable. You are up against a situation that you feel like is never going to change. It it seems like it's too big, it's too great, it's too hard, uh, the relationship's too far gone, the money's not there, the boss is too hard on you, uh, your your spouse is too separated from you, the, the papers are already signed, and so you feel like it is too far gone. Is there anybody in there like this? Come on, I'm gonna need you to talk back with me. I'm from a holla back church, and so if you if you want to talk back with me, uh, some of you are like I don't even know what that means. Just just do something. Just say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, my my little nephew Rowan right here. Every once in a while, we'll tell him to praise the Lord, and he'll just shoot his hands up real quick. And so uh, if you have to do that, whatever you have to do, there we go, there we go. Come on, praise the Lord. Oh man, we are we are having revival in this place today. But I feel like some of you are up against this obstacle, and how many of you have, have faced some obstacles in your life? Uh, maybe not something so serious, but how many of you have faced some things where you're like, I cannot do this? Any, anybody been there before? Uh, how many people we have that are, are scared of heights in this place? We have anybody you're scared of? Oh, a lot a lot of you. How, how, many, how many of you are daredevils? Where's the, where's the rest of the people? Okay, we got a couple of people in here. Uh, okay, so I want to tell you a quick story about me and my wife when we were on our honeymoon, and can we just give it up for my wife? Come on, over there uh i know many of you know her as hannah slavic but her last name is Suber now so get it right okay you know what i'm saying miracles do happen praise the lord right there but man uh me and my wife we went on our honeymoon to Cancun, Mexico, and so we're chilling at the pool, and we're hanging out, but at some point, we're like, okay, we got to, I want to do something, you know, I'm, I'm getting sunburned, I am very white, if you haven't noticed, and so I'm getting sunburned, and so let's go do something, so we find out about this place called Explore, and it had just an X at the beginning, you know when they take out the E and make it X, it's like all edgy, it's like Explore Park, so we're like, okay, this sounds fun, let's check this out, and so we go, and there's like Jeep tours, and you can swim underwater in caves, and all this kind of stuff, but their big attraction was is they have some of the largest zip lines in the world. So like in the entire world, they have this zip line part. And the thing about the zip lines is once you start, you cannot stop. So like once you go up there, they don't let you go backwards, so it's like, what was it, like nine zip lines that we had to do, and so I'm all like, yeah, man, I got this, we're gonna go zip line, and Hannah, she rides roller coasters, does all that crazy stuff that you have to be crazy for, I'm like, I'm saved, I, I don't know how y'all are doing that, but I am not testing the Lord that much, like that is testing that's testing the Lord right there. And so we're going up there, and she's like, we got this. We got our harness on, and it's all tight, and making me uncomfortable and everything. But I'm like, I got to keep it tight because I don't want to die. You know, I don't want to slip out. These, like, 150-foot zip lines. Like, we're going over this forest. Like, it's crazy. Uh, there's birds flying beside us, like, all kinds. So we get up there, and I'm just like, I'm, I got this, I got this. But, but how many of you know you can hype yourself up, but then when you see what you're actually about to do, you're like, I don't got this, (laughs) never never mind, I got to turn around, and and all of the workers, they're all Spanish speaking, and uh, because my wife is is dark skinned, they're all speaking Spanish to us, and we're like, we don't speak Spanish, no habla espanol, el americano from Texas, and they're like, and they're like making, they're like, why are you with this white dude, you know, they're like talking to her, and uh, for real though, it was kind of awkward at one point, I was like, hey bro, you hitting on my wife, like what's going on here, uh, and so we get up there and they're like talking to her and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. And they're like, no, you can't turn around. You, you can't go backwards. You, you can't, w- once you're at this point, it's the point of no return. So I was like, okay, uh, there's a message in here. I'm going to take mental note of this, but, but, uh, so I, so I get on the zip line and like, they, they are not like gentle with you. Like they strap you in and they like Spartan kick you like off this platform, and they're like, because I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to take my time. Yeah, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to jump off. My, and they're like, no, you're not. Oh, no, don't straight, Like, kick you off. And I just go flying. And then the thing is, you're so high up, and these zip lines are so long. It's not like it's like a two-second ride. Like, you're up there for, like, minutes, just zzzz, zzzz, zzzz. And, and so I start spinning at one point, and I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And so then I'm going backwards down this zip line. And I know I'm getting close, to the and I'm like, can I land backwards? Like, I don't even know how to do this. And so I turned around, and I landed, and I conquered the zipline course, and it was a moment in my life. Come on, are any of you thankful? I, I just feel like I need a hand clap. I'm just a little selfish. I just need a hand clap just for that. And then, yeah, you know, come on. And then, of, and then of course, on Instagram, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. You know, we at the zipline course, and you don't see me over in the corner, like, crying. You know, Hannah's, like, consoling me, rubbing my back. You know, we're, we're hanging out, but we made it through the zipline course, the biggest zipline in the world. It was crazy. It was fun. But, but it made me think about these times where even though that's funny, where, where we psych ourselves up about things, situations in our life. And, and I'm, a, I'm a lead pastor now, and so I get to deal with a lot of situations where I'm like, oh, my gosh, where there's just things that people go through. And I know there are many people in here that you are going through some stuff. Like, come on, I, I know a lot of times people are like, oh, we're going through a, bo- a battle, we're going through a temptation, but it's like, we're going through some stuff. Like, I, I, have, I have friends that I'm working with every week that are, that are dealing with addictions to heroin and meth and on the verge of divorce and on the verge of bankruptcy, and they are going through some battles. And so often we can psych ourselves up and we can be ready for this battle, but when it gets to that moment, when it gets time where we're actually facing that enemy, where we're facing that stronghold, we can lose all faith. We, we can lose all, all hope, and we're like, God, I, I know you said you would do it, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, yeah. and this is where Joshua was. Joshua's taking over leadership. Uh, he, he's about to fight this battle, and how many of you heard this song, maybe in Sunday school, you know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. Jericho, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Hey, hit it one time, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Hey, Jericho, hey, Jericho, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Hey, that's the Austin awesome version right there. You know, we got mixed it up a little bit, throwing a little beat, but uh, but maybe you've heard this story before, and it's it's such kind of a common story. And so sometimes in the Bible, it, when I come to common stories, how many of you know you're like, I, I heard that before like I've heard this message before like this dude's up there with a leather jacket like does he even have a motorcycle no I don't it's not it's okay uh Hannah's not gonna let me get one you know I, I don't have a leather jacket and you're like does he realize how hot it is outside I do uh but I just like you know I like to wear it so you're like this guy is up here what's he gonna say but but I really believe that even though sometimes things may be common to us that the word of God is living. Do you, do you believe that? And so oftentimes we can come to a passage that may seem common. It may seem like it's something we've read a million times before. Uh, but I believe there's people in here, maybe have never heard this story, and then maybe you've don't even you never brought this out of it. So I just want to share a few things with you. And so they, they come to this, this battle of Jericho. And, and if you can just imagine, as God is giving the instructions to Joshua. Now, I, I don't know if you, I like war movies. I like battle movies, you know, old movies like, 300 and gladiator and you know the, the edited versions on tv where they take out all the bad stuff you know uh, some of you're like what is this preacher watching you know what i'm saying uh, but, but can you imagine listening to God and you're like, okay, I'm the leader now. Josh, Joshua is the man now. You know, Moses is out. Joshua's got this. He's going to be our captain. He's going to be our general. And so Joshua's like, I'm going to go get the word from God. I'm about to come down. God's about to be victorious. He's about to send down lightning bolts and fire and all these incredible things. And, and he goes up and he's like, God, what, what do you want us to do? How, how are we going to win this battle? We know that you've promised us this land. And we know, and this is our first battle, what, what are we going to do? So I can imagine, you know, this, this, this holy moment, and he's just like, God, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And God's like, I want you to take a lap. Wait one second, God, God, you know, let me clear. I, I, I want you to walk around in a circle. Oh, cool, God. Thanks. I, that's, that's a great plan. But, like, when do the catapults come in and, like, the chariots and the spears and all these sort of things? He said, No, I, I want you to take a lap. I, I want you to walk around in some circles. And a revelation that I got from God is it's interesting to me that the thing that they had been doing for 40 years that they thought was an obstacle was actually training them for their next season. And so for 40 years of their life, they had been walking in circles, and now God is saying, I want you to walk in a few more circles. I I want you to do the thing that you thought you would never use, the thing that you thought was a waste of time, the relationship that you thought was just taking you down, all of these situations, I'm going to equate that into your future. What you think is a failure is actually equated into your future. And so, so what I want you to do is I want you to take a lap. I want you, even though you've been walking for 40 years and you have to understand this generation that grew up under Joshua, all of the older generation that grew up in Egypt, they had all passed away. And so this generation, all they knew was walking in circles. Again, the trip that they took in the desert, it wasn't like it was very long. They would pass the same place probably 10 to 12 times a year because it was only about a three-week journey. And so they would just keep walking around. So can you imagine walking around a desert and seeing the same tree like every couple of weeks? You're like, oh, man, there's another lap. Let me check my Fitbit. You know, how many many steps I got in today. Uh, Let me check my Apple Watch. And so God says, I want you to take a lap around this, this kingdom. And so again, imagining Joshua, and I kind of like to put myself in this situation, he goes back to his generals, and again, this is a nation of millions of people by this point. This is, a, this is an army, like this is huge. And so he goes back in there like, Joshua, you're our leader, you're our general, w- what are we supposed to do? What's the plan from God? And he goes, all right, so on the first day, we're going to take a lap. And then on the second day, we're going to take a lap, and we're actually going to walk, we're going to take one lap for six days, and then on the seventh day, we're going to take seven, and then we're just going to yell real loud. And I can imagine, I can imagine like one of the older generals, like kind of pull him aside and be like, hey man, I know you're new here. Uh, I know this is like your first battle, but this isn't normally how things are done. You know, like come on, you know, like that new kid at work, you're just like, okay, you, I know you haven't been here around, let, let, me, let me show you the ropes, Joshua. This is a sword, so you, you pull out the, this is how you do, and, and Joshua Because he heard from God, says, no, I know it doesn't make sense. I I know that it's not the common thing to do. I know it's not the expected thing to do, but it's the God thing to do. I I know this is what we're supposed to do. And so this is their plan. And they come to the walls of Jericho, and Jericho is significant because it's the first battle. How, How many of you know sometimes the first battle is always the hardest battle? Not, not just spiritually, but even physically. It's like the first day going to the gym is the hardest day. The, the first day of the diet is the hardest. The first day at the new job is the hardest. And so it, it's that first battle. And this first battle is setting the tone for the rest of their generation. Because God is saying, are you going to trust me? Or are you going to try to do things your own way? Because the reason they had been walking around in the desert was because they had disobeyed God and tried to do it their own way. And so God is saying before you go into your new season, before you do something new in your life, I want to see if you've learned from the this past season. I, I want to see if you learn the lessons that I tried to show you in the past season of your life. So before you ask for something new, before you ask for a breakthrough in your life, let me see if you've actually learned what I spoke to you last time. So often we're asking for a word from God when we haven't even obeyed the last word that he gave us. So often we're asking for a new revelation from God when we haven't even opened our Bible in weeks or in months. And so he's saying, are you going to listen to me what I've already spoken? Are you going to be on your own and are you going to be rebellious again? And so they come to the walls of Jericho. And it's very interesting to me also because the walls of Jericho, they were an illusion. And just stick with me for a second because it's kind of like historical and that sort of thing. But they were an illusion. And if you understand the architecture of that day, the reason that they were so scared of Jericho is because these walls were higher than any walls they'd ever seen in their life. So you have to imagine they don't have cranes. They don't have skyscrapers. All they could do was build these small structures. And so all they had seen were these small kind of, you know, like medium-sized cities. But then when they come to Jericho, they're like, we've never seen anything like this before. And the reason was, is Jericho, because they knew that they would be attacked a lot because they were on the border of the country, they were said, we have to create an illusion to protect ourselves. And so what they did is the city was on top of a hill, and they built a small wall around the city, and then they built a large wall that covered up the hill. So it was really just two small walls and this hill, but all you saw was just this mountainous wall. You couldn't tell that it was two different walls, but it was an illusion. And, and, and as I studied that and as God brought that to my mind, I started to think of how many times in our life the, the enemy puts illusions in our life. He, he puts something in front of us that it really isn't as strong as we think it is. It's really not as big as we think it is. But because it's an illusion, we get scared. We, we get fearful. And so the enemy knows that he can't really defeat you. So his, his best advice, his best tactic is to get you to defeat yourself. His best plan is for you to get so psyched out and for you to get so scared and for you to get so disheartened that you say, we shouldn't even attack this. There's no way we can overcome. But it's an illusion. Somebody say, it's an illusion. It's an illusion. And so the first day comes and Joshua rallies all of his people and there's this whole procession and a certain order that God told them to go in. And so they begin to walk. And uh, you can just imagine, I I think it it was a pretty short walk, just a couple of miles around the walls of Jericho. It's not like it's a marathon or something. And so they're walking, and, you know, day one, nothing happens. He's like, okay, day two, let's go. You guys ready? And they're like. Oh man, nothing happened yesterday. Joshua, what what are we? You know, I thought, I thought, you know, I thought that the walls were gonna fall down. I thought that was something was gonna happen. I thought God was gonna speak to us. I thought angels were gonna come down with fiery swords. I thought something was gonna happen. And he's like, No, let's let's do it again. So they begin to walk again on day two. I begin to walk, nothing happens. Day three, nothing happens, nothing happens. Day four, nothing happens. Day five, nothing happens. Day six, nothing happens. Day six, now, day six is symbolic because six is the number of man seven is the number of completion the number of perfection the number of God how many times in our life do we go to the end of our own understanding do we go to the end of our own power the end of our knowledge and we're like God you haven't done anything yet why haven't you come through yet and he's saying no I need you to go seven times I need you to prove to me that you learned in the wilderness before you can go into your next situation before you can go into your next calling, before you can have breakthrough in your life, I need to see that you trust me. And I believe so many of us, we stop on six. We, we stop in the middle of our miracle, in the middle of our breakthrough, because God, I trusted you. I've been walking around this wall. I've been walking around this mountain. I've been walking around this situation, and nothing is happening. I've been praying for my kids to come back to church. I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying for a raise. I've been praying for healing in my body. I've been praying for this generation to come back to God. And I've been doing it for years and months and however long it is and nothing has happened. I want to just encourage you, don't stop on six. Don't stop in the middle of what God is doing in your life. Don't stop just short of your breakthrough. Don't stop just short of what God is going to do in your life. So don't stop on six so they're walking. And on day seven, I mean, you know, day seven, the seventh day is always a good one. Seven days of creation, seven days in this story. There's something about seven. God's got this thing with seven. And so seven, they're walking around. And on the seventh day, he said, I don't want you to just walk one time. I want you to walk seven times. I, I want I want you to do this thing for real. I, I want you to prove that, that you believe in this 100%. So they're walking again, one, two, three, four, five. And I can imagine at some point, you know, you always got that guy that's like, if I was leading this I wouldn't do it this way you know what I'm saying man they thought Joshua was the man of God he don't, he ain't know what he's doing you know what I'm saying and I can imagine you know it's starting to spread throughout they're like man we what is he doing are we trying to lose weight you know we've been living out here on like manna and stuff man we already skinny we don't need a weight loss program <laughs> like God's sending down some crackers and stuff like I need something to eat I, it is too hot out here like it's now, if we went and walked down that parking lot seven times, y'all would already be winded. Imagine walking around a city for seven times. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm training for a, a half marathon in January. I know it don't look like it, but a, a half marathon where we're raising money for clean water through World Vision. And I'm just like, I'm out there trying to walk like half a mile. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this 13 miles, you know. I don't know. And so I can imagine people are just starting, starting to talk and man, Joshua doesn't know what he's doing, and did he really hear from God, and man, we should have another leader, and I don't know if, I don't know if Moses heard it correctly, and you know, there's always those people that are trying to cause division, and, and I can imagine Joshua as a leader, and as a, he's just saying, let's just keep going. Let, let's just trust God. Let's see if God will come through. Let, let's see if God will keep with his promises, and I think so many times, we, we, sometimes we need, to, we need to test God a little bit. We, we need to see, God, is are you really going to come through? Because here's what happens. Usually, we don't get to the end of the we don't get to the end of the test to see if he'll even come through we we sell him short before we even get to the end and so i can imagine they're walking and in excuse me and and the people on the top of the wall the people that are in jail, Jer- I can have, like, y'all are just walking around. What are y'all trying to do? You know, Like what is happening down there? And they're probably like throwing rocks and making fun of them. And you dumb people, you dumb Hebrews, what are you doing? And so, so they're walking and then on in verse 20, and this is what I want to get to. This is when they, when they get to the victory, verse 20 of Joshua chapter 6. And so, so the people shouted when the, tr- when the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound, somebody say the sound. Of the trumpets that the people shouted with a great shout and that the wall fell down flat. Come on, are you thankful that the wall fell down flat? And so they go through this, this time of testing. They go through this kind of temptation time where it's, okay, God, are you going are, are to come through? Are you going to leave us hanging? Are we going to look dumb or are you going to come through on your promises? And so what I want to do today, and I know that's kind of a long introduction, but what I want to show you today is I believe that there are some of you where you are walking around your battle right now. You you are walking around a stronghold in your life right now. You are walking around something and maybe you're on lap one, maybe you're on lap two, maybe you're on lap six, wherever you are in your life and you're losing hope. You're, you're losing faith. You're saying, God, we've been doing this for so long. We've been trying to do this for so long. And, and is it ever going to happen? I know even as a church, you guys are trying to expand and trying to get a new building and trying to raise money and so many different things where you're like, is it ever? are we ever going to be able to break ground? Are we, are we ever going to get the money that we're going to need to get? I just want to encourage you, don't stop on six. Come on. So are you ready for this? Are you taking notes? The number one thing that I want to let you do, if, if you're going to be victorious and you're in your battle, if you're going to have true breakthrough in your life, the first thing that you have to do is you have to see the stronghold. Somebody say, see the stronghold. See, you can't defeat something that you won't identify. And there are things in your life, and and in this moment I'm kind of talking about spiritual strongholds in your life, there are things that you will not identify and therefore you can't defeat them. See, God can't heal what you won't reveal. And so there are things in your life where, where maybe you're saying, well, if I, if, I say, if I say I have that problem, I'm going to give it power. That's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. Actually, when you say you have it, you take away its power. Because then you're saying, hey, this isn't a problem for me. This isn't an issue for me. I, I see what the enemy has placed in my life, and I'm not going to give it any power. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to say, you don't have any power over me, stronghold. And so you've got to see your stronghold. Some people won't identify it. And so really, and I told you guys about the the illusion, many people think their stronghold is really bigger than it is. So often, maybe in your life it's an addiction, maybe it's a, a problem, maybe it's just something physically in your body, whatever it may be, that you think it's bigger than it really is. You think there's no way that God can come through. Even though he's healed other people, even though he's helped other people, even though he's given you a promise. We just read some of the praise reports on the screen. You're like, I, I, I'm thankful for those people, but I'll never be on that screen. There, there's so many people that, that your stronghold seems really bigger than it is. And, and you see it, and you're so fearful that you won't even approach it. You won't even get to the laps around it because you're like, there's no way that I'm going to do it. And so there's some things that seem impossible, but it's just an illusion. I just want to encourage you, there are some things in your life that it seems impossible for God, but we know that nothing is impossible for God. Do you believe that? That he has all power, that he has all might, that he can do anything, that he knows the end from the beginning. Come on, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And so even when we can't imagine something happening, God's like, I got a plan. It may seem crazy. It may seem too big for you. It may seem too big for you to understand right now. Maybe he's put a dream in your heart where you're like, there is no way, God, I don't understand how that can happen. Do you see who I am? I I don't even have a college degree. I didn't even graduate high school. I don't even have a job right now. Or or my family's on the rocks. My marriage is on the rocks. Do you see my, there's so many things that we're like, God, are you sure you can do this? And he's like, if you'll just trust me. So you got to see the stronghold. The second part is you got to possess the promise. See, this is what's interesting to me. Even though God had promised it to them, they didn't possess it yet. Even though God had been telling them for an entire generation, you will inherit the promised land, they weren't there yet. And it's interesting to me that when they came to the walls of Jericho, God says, I have already given you the city of Jericho and its king and its mighty men. So it's it's the city, the king, and the warriors. I've already given it to you. And so here's the thing, God is the only person that can talk in the past tense about something that you haven't already been through. Let me, say, let me tell you that again, God is the only person that can speak that it's already done before you even get there. God is the only person that say, hey, I know you can't see it right now, but I've already finished it. See, God exists in all times, in all places, he's all knowing, and so even though you're not there yet, God is already there. See, God is already 10 years down the line. God is already five years down the line. He's already a year down the line. He already knows what's going to happen in that moment. And so something I think we don't realize is God will place a promise on our timeline, but we're not on that timeline yet. So, so see, we can, only go front, we can only go forwards. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm born here, and I'm only going forward. I can't, we can't go back. We can't fix our mistakes. But God, see, he exists at all times. And so he's saying, hey, if you will just wait a little bit. I've already got the answer coming. I've already got the relationship coming. I've already got the husband or the wife. I've already got the job promotion coming. All you have to do is stick it out a little bit. But then here's the second part. you got to possess the But before you can possess the promise, you have to know what God has promised you. And I believe that we are living in a generation where so many people, we don't even realize the things that God has promised us. That we are conquerors through Christ Jesus. That we are more than overcomers. That we are the head and not the tail. I could bring up Miss Ophi and she would start quoting those declarations. Come on. But, but we don't even know the promises that God has spoken over you. So think about, it. are there promises in your life that God has already spoken but that you're not possessing? Are there things that you know you're supposed to be doing? You know you're supposed to be walking into it, and maybe you even have the resources to do it, but because of fear, because of maybe what people would say, maybe because of the environment you're in, you're not possessing those promises. I love probably one of the most quoted scriptures of all time, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Somebody say, a future and a hope. So not just a future, not just a bleak, dull, dry, you know, God's not going to move, but a future and a hope. So God has spoken that over. He knows you before you even formed in your mother's womb. And so there are so many promises in our life that not only do we have to know the promises, but we have to possess the promise. And I really believe that some of you need to grab a hold of that, that God is already in that situation. He's already in that moment. And so you're waiting for God to do something. He's saying, no, I'm just waiting for you to get to me. I'm just waiting for you to I'm just waiting for you to learn some things. I'm just waiting for you to age a couple of years. I'm just waiting for some things to work out, and then I've already got it worked out. It's already dropped in your timeline. I'm just waiting for you to get there. And so you have to possess the promise. Somebody say, see the stronghold. Somebody say possess the promise. And the third thing in worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Is you have to release a sound of worship. You have to release a sound of worship, and this is where I really want to anchor in today because I, I know there's a lot of people in here, we're all different journeys of faith, I know there's some people in here where you're like, I don't even know if I believe in this God thing, I, I'm going through some tough stuff right now, pastor, I don't even know if you understand what's going on in my life, and so maybe you're at that place where you're just, you're just trying to get over a stronghold in your life, you're, you're just trying to get a, over a sin stronghold, or maybe you're trying to possess the promise that God has given you. But, but then when you even get to that point, there, there's still the walls. Somebody say, there's still the wall. So they were there. Joshua was there. He was doing what God had called him to do. He was walking around the walls. He was saying, okay, God, I, I, I'm doing what you're telling me to do, but the walls were still standing. So, so they were walking, but it wasn't until they released the sound that something happened. And I believe there's something interesting about sound. How many of you know some of the first words in the Bible that God said, let there be light. He spoke, and there was light. That up until humankind, God spoke things into existence. So technically, everything around us, except us, these walls, these chairs, the ground that we're standing on, everything around us, God spoke into existence. And there's something about a sound wave where sound waves, even though we can't hear them, sound waves can actually reverberate into infinity. And so when we speak, and not only when we speak, but when God speaks, his words don't ever stop. And so I think some of you, you have some promises spoken over your life, and you're like, it it was promised to me so long. It was spoken to me so long ago. There's no way that it can still happen today. I know that word was given to me. I know someone told me that I was called to do this. I know someone told me I was going to be a missionary or a pastor or be a leader in the marketplace or to be a teacher or to be a nurse, but I just don't think that can happen anymore. But in the beginning, and just stick with me for a moment, God said, let there be light. And how many, of you, I'm kind of a little, a little nerdy. And so I like science. I like that sort of thing. And how many of you know that scientists believe that the universe is still expanding, that, that we cannot reach the edge of the universe because even right now it is still going out. It's, it's still moving forward. There are still new things that are being created. And I know a lot of times we see God and religion and, and kind of science as the opposites. But to me, that just I'm saying, hey, you're just proving what I already know. You're just proving what the Bible's been saying for 2,000 years. You're know, we, we're just proving what we've known from the beginning of our creation, that, that God spoke. And when he spoke, his words didn't return void. When he spoke, it didn't end. When he spoke, it just kept going and kept going and kept going. All throughout time, God's words just began going forth. So he released a sound. And so I think there are some of you where you are up against a wall and God is saying, I need you to release a sound in your life. Why is it that in church we get so quiet, but everywhere else in life we, we release sounds? have you ever noticed whenever when, no matter what emotion they are showing if they're happy they're they're releasing sound if they're mad they're releasing sound what, whatever if they're frustrated oh it's just something in us where we are created to release this sound and I think what God created with is not to be frustrated and not to release curse words and not to release negative thoughts but but actually to release the sound of worship and, and so what I want to encourage you with is some some of you, you've possessed the promise you've identified the stronghold and the last step that you have to do is you need to worship your walls down there are some walls in your life that you need to speak over that you need to begin releasing a sound and you need to begin worshiping god and say hey god i know this is in front of me but you are stronger you are greater you are going to tear this wall down it's going to fall down flat because i'm going to release a sound of worship in this place come on let's just release a sound in this moment I'm not done yet but let's just release a sound God we thank you, we worship you you are mighty, you are powerful you have all power so they release a sound and if you would all stand with me for just a moment they release a sound and we know the walls fall down flat, they go in, they conquer the promised land. There are other battles. We know that Israel, they fight battles really for all of time. There is still even fighting battles today, but it was that first battle where they realized God is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So even though we may come against the giants, even though we may come against the Philistines, even though they're bigger than us, they're more trained than us, or their, their weapons are better than ours, even though they have all that, we've got God on our side. And I'd rather have God on my side than anything else. So they worship their walls down. And I want to read a scripture to you in the New Testament, Second Corinthians 10, chapter 3, because you're like, oh, yeah, pastor, that sounds great. I'm going to worship my walls down. We got the music going and, and all that. But I want to I show you the power behind it. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So, so even though we're humans, we don't war as humans do. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So I I love, I know my my father-in-law spoke about the joy of the Lord on Wednesday night. And I love the way he tied that in of how it's not our joy, but it's getting joy from the Lord. And it's the same in this scripture. It's not our might. It's not our strength, but it's mighty in God. We're, We're mighty because of God. And so even in the New Testament, we see that worshiping has power, that that worshiping has the power to shake things, that it has the power to change things. I'm going to read you one more scripture and we're going to pray. But Acts chapter 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now just a little backstory: Paul and Silas are thrown into prison because of their preaching the gospel and the power of the demonstration of miracles and deliverance and all these different things that they're doing through the power of God. They're thrown into a dungeon. And this isn't like a nice 2018, this is like a dungeon. It's dark, it's musty, there's no, there's no restrooms, there's no sanitation, they're in chains. And they, they could be saying, this stronghold is too big for us. It's too bad, this, this fight is too far gone, it's too dark. But no, they begin singing hymns. They begin praying to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Whether you realize it or not, people are watching how you fight your battles. Yeah, yeah. There are people that you think have no, and they don't even care you're a Christian. They don't care you go to church, but they're watching what you're doing. They're watching how you respond to things. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose notice it doesn't say Paul and Silas's chains were loosed it says everyone's chains were loosed and the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep seeing the prison doors open supposing the prisoners had fled drew his sword and was about to kill himself he said this was my one job and I know the prisoners escaped and I'm just going to end my life now but Paul called with a loud voice saying do yourself no harm for we are all here And then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the last thing that I want to tell you. Once you identify the stronghold in your life, once you possess the promise, when you begin to worship, not only will your worship tear down the strongholds in your life, But your worship, the sound that you begin to release will tear down strongholds around you. It's going to tear down your family's strongholds. It's going to tear down your co-workers' strongholds. There are going to be things that people have been facing for years and years. And they didn't even pray for themselves. The prisoners, they didn't pray for themselves. They were just listening. So there are people that they don't even know to pray. They don't even know God. And just because of your worship, Because of your praise, because of the sound that you release, because of your testimony, their chains are going to begin to fall. Their chains are going to begin to be released. And then, oh man, and then there are going to be people that see your life and they're going to say, what do I have to do to get some of that? What do I have to do to get some of that power right there? What must I do to be saved? Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at infoclcvictoria.org. At you can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.